Coaches, how are you? This is Coach Kevin Furtado from ChampionshipVision.org. Hey, I want to tell a little bit about my website. <clears throat> I know you've already listened to my podcast, and hopefully you're getting a lot of good information from the interviews and the video reviews that I'm doing. But I would love to have you come visit um, my website at ChampionshipVision.org. Uh, here are some of the things that you're going to be you're going to see on the website. Um, I got some information on our Legends on the Lake basketball coaching clinic. I got some videos from from the past on um, some of the, the um, clinicians that we've had at my clinic. Um, I got some Lady Titan basketball traditions, things that we do here at Lake Oconee Academy. I got some great free resources for you. Um, I got my <clears throat> store that where you can buy some excellent products. And, for example, you can buy a five-year um, goal-setting program for your team, for your program. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, championship production site. I got a pivotal basketball information site. And also you can download some of my Championship Vision podcasts. Uh, if you contact me at fertitlek 57 at gmail.com, uh, I will send you a free resource from my website. So please contact me at fertitlek 57 at gmail.com, and uh, I'll give you a free resource from my website. Please go to championshipvision.org, and I uh, hope you enjoy. I hope you become a better coach and um, learn more and grow. Thank you. Hey, coaches. This is Nick Bartlett with Dr. Dish Basketball, and you're listening to the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado. Make sure to check us out at drdishbasketball.com and on Twitter and Instagram at at drdishbball for daily basketball drills, tips, inspiration, and how we've revolutionized the basketball shooting machine over here at Dr. Dish. Also mention this podcast and you will receive an exclusive discount on your next Dr. Dish purchase. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, coaches. My name is Coach Kevin Furtado, and welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Today, we're going to be interviewing, this is episode number 25, interviewing Coach Ben Landers, the K-5 PE teacher at River Springs Elementary School in Irmo, South Carolina. Coach Ben Landers is a K-12 certified physical education teacher and has been teaching K-5 PE since 2007. He has completed national board certification in PE and also has a master's in education from Southern Wesleyan University and a master's in educational leadership from University of South Carolina. Ben also serves as a clinical model teacher for the University of South Carolina, helping to mentor future physical education teachers as part of their graduation requirement. Ben started this website, thepespecialist.com, in 2014 in an effort to provide an amazing resource for teachers. He has a passion for kids and teaching quality physical education lessons that will empower students to be the best they can be. Being a PE teacher is such a great opportunity to have a positive impact on the kids that you teach. But his hope is also to impact more students through providing resources and ideas to teachers. The reason he started this website is to share knowledge, inspire teachers, add value to the phys ed community, and help solve some of the problems that teachers are struggling with in the schools today.
This site is dedicated to helping you become a better teacher. The site was created to help teachers save time, learn to become more effective at their craft, and promote quality physical education in schools everywhere. It makes Ben smile to think that he might be a small part of the kids all over the world falling in love with sports, exercise, and fitness. When he's not at the public library creating PE resources, Ben likes to stay active and loves to get outside whenever possible. Aside from teaching, he also has a photography and video business. When he is not teaching or shooting with a camera, he enjoys going on adventures, camping, hiking, surfing, and lots of other outdoorsy stuff. Ben is also a big believer in the power of mentorship and serves as a mentor, a board member, and provides financial support to a local nonprofit organization called Ezekiel Ministries that empowers and equips at-risk youth in Columbia, South Carolina area. Teaching is great, hobbies are nice, but his absolute favorite thing to do is spend time with his family because they are so much fun to hang out with. He definitely married up to his beautiful wife, Lauren, and they have two awesome kiddos who are super cool. Coaches and teachers, this is a treat to welcome Mr. Ben Landers to our podcast. Hi, Ben. Hello. Ben, how are you? Kevin Furtado. Hey, man. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you pretty good. That's great, yeah. How about uh, on your end? Uh, I hear you great. Hey, I know you're becoming the uh, the podcast guru now, man. I, I've heard a couple episodes, man. They're really, they're really great. Congratulations. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, I wouldn't say guru. We're uh, definitely just figuring it out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, we uh, fun. It's been fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I have. Uh, just tell me if the the audio sometimes. Uh, yeah, I can hear you great. The uh, the Wi Fi. You know how Wi Fi is sometimes, Ben. I'm sure at your school, it's one. It's amazing how Wi Fi at schools are not that good. Still there, man. Yes, yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, sorry. It must have cut out or something. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. I apologize. Um, hey, first of all, you know, we got Ben Landers um, here on our podcast. And so I, I consider I consider Ben, I consider you one of the best. I, I've stolen so much information from your great resource for all the teachers out there. Uh, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And um, tell me a little bit about your uh, your background and also – which teacher or coach had a big impact on you? Um, like background as far as like how I grew up or what? Yeah, just a little bit about, you know, your background of, of how you became a PE teacher your, or maybe even your athletic background. Uh, just tell a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, so always been really into uh, sports and especially uh, anything with a board, like skateboarding, wakeboarding, snowboarding, that kind of stuff. Um, played some traditional sports in, in uh, middle school, high school, ran cross country and played tennis and then did like one or two years of uh, basketball and baseball, but then kind of just decided to stick with tennis and cross country um, to finish out high school. Um, and man, I had some great coaches. I, I really liked my tennis coach. I didn't – honestly, my favorite uh, teacher in high school was the – football coach but I never played football um but he also taught speech and drama 
and um we had a lot of fun in his class and he was just like really good at building relationships with kids which I feel like is what it's all about and that's the kind of teacher that you remember um so although I never had him as a coach uh he was a coach and he was definitely my favorite teacher um and then uh, man when, when I was in college I went into college as a business major um I've always been into business and entrepreneurship and uh I after a few years realized that uh, most of the stuff that I was learning was kind of common sense. And so I decided to, uh, to switch majors and was undecided for a little while and then ended up in the PE world, uh, just to try it out. And as soon as I, as soon as I got into it and started getting into the schools and teaching kids, I was like, Oh yeah, this is where it's at. And, um, uh, stuck with it ever since, man. It's been a blast. Yeah. You definitely found your niche. I, I just, matter of fact, I was looking on your web. I look on your website every day, man. I apologize for that. <laughs> oh, dude, I no, don't apologize that, that's, me happy. that's why i do it yeah i mean you just, you just have some great stuff i mean you you're really what i call a visionary and that's what my podcast is all about um i i just like talking to people who have a great vision on what they're trying to do and they're trying to make a difference you're definitely a difference maker um hey i spoke with pete charette he had a lot of great comments about you ben um and he's one of my good friends uh-huh. and i yeah, and he's he, to me, he's just a great PE teacher, just like you. Um, and he talked about, I thought it was great, how social media, uh, that it's, it's really an advantage for PE teachers nowadays with social media, media and, and sharing knowledge. Do you think this is true? This is the best time for to be a PE teacher? Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, all around for any job. There's just so many tools available now with technology. Um, and then social media is the big connector. So, you know, especially for a thing like PE where you're the only, you, and many times, many cases are the only teacher at the school in your field. It gives you a way to connect with people and uh, to see what's going on and, you know, some of the best quality programs all over the country, all over the world. So uh, for sure, I think it's one of the best times to be doing any, any career, but definitely a career where you might be kind of feeling like you're on an island if you didn't have a way to connect with other people, you know? Yeah, and I coach basketball, and I'm telling you, the PE, there's stuff that I pick up. I I picked up a lot of things from a guy named Justin Cahill, um, and I'm stealing stuff all the time that I see on social media. And basketball coaching, there's not a lot. I actually actually put a lot out there as far as coaching, but in PE, to me, there's some great stuff out there that's very positive, a lot of great videos. Um, hey, you wrote a great blog called Change Takes Time, Be Patient. I love that blog. Can you tell us a little bit about that, what you were trying to say on that? Yeah, man. Thanks. appreciate that. I uh, spent a ton of time uh, making that video, so I hope some people will go check it out. But um, I, uh, I've been thinking about a lot. So I've been teaching for 12 years, and I started the website about four years ago. And um, just being able to like look back at the things that, I've changed in my teaching and the things I've learned over the last 12 years. Um, I just wanted to make a video that would kind of help people step back and gain some perspective because like you're saying, social media is amazing. It's so awesome to, uh, to see all these great things that are going on, but sometimes we can get stuck looking at everybody's highlights and then we can get discouraged because we're looking at our everyday life. Um, right. Especially when somebody's looking at, at me and I'm spending, you know, 15 hours a week creating, awesome resources and that's what I do like for my side gig so it's it's going to look a lot different if you're in your first year of teaching and you don't have that extra time and you're just trying to survive 
Um, so I just wanted to make a video that basically in a nutshell says like, look, change takes time. It's a microwave or uh, it's not a crock pot. It's a micro. Sorry. Change takes time. It's a crock pot, not a microwave. Excuse me. Um, to kind of give people a little bit of, uh, to take everything they see on social media with a grain of salt and realize that that's people's highlights and also realize that um, it's taken a lot of people a lot of time to get where they are. If there's somebody that's a leader in their field. Um, so, you know, just have a little patience, enjoy the ride and, uh, and take those small steps towards the goal that you have set for yourself. Yeah. And, th and this is my 29th year. So I'm still learning quite a bit, but it's so much different Ben, than when I came out of college, I graduated from Georgia. I hope, hope you don't hold that against me. I'm actually from Georgia, man. So no, oh, not at all. okay. Um, but man, we didn't have all this, the technology and everything. it was pretty good back at, at, at university of Georgia, but not like it is now. So uh, I think the students coming out now are going to be maybe more equipped, but you still got to go through, like you're saying, you still got to go through the experimentation process of trying to find what you really believe in. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and honestly, I didn't like, I would say I'm a pretty tech savvy guy and, um, until like 2013 or 2014, I didn't know about many of the resources that are out there. And um, so I think one big thing that we can do to try to help people out is, especially for college prep programs, try to get people connected when they're in school. Because if I had been connected like I am now, when I'm, I was in my first or second year teaching, um, I would have grown a lot faster. Sure. Um, one thing that really saved me was uh, I, I got to go to a conference where J.D. Hughes was. You're talking about Pete Sherrod. I got to meet him this last summer, and he was honestly one of the best presenters I've ever seen. He had some great sessions, um, and it's great, too, because he has so many products that after the session is very practical. You can just go buy his product or download it. Um, he's got a bunch of free stuff, too, and I just love, like, at JD's, it was, I think, my second year teaching, and uh, when he was presenting all his games and stuff, I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, this guy – I'm about to just buy everything he makes and just do it all <laughs> in my P program. And that's what I did. I mean, I literally just bought like every book, every DVD he had for sale. I watched them all and I uh, started implementing a lot of his strategies and stuff. And so I think, you know, when you're, when you're fresh, when you're new, it's great to find somebody you connect with and, and just do their thing. And then as, as you go along the way, you start to tweak things and figure your own style out and put your own spin on things. And that's what it's all about, man. I'm trying to, trying to help, help the people out that are a few years back from where you're at. Yeah. And I got all JD stuff too, man. I, I, if you had JDUs and Ben Landers, all your information, you would be one pretty good PE teacher, but we all know it's, we all know it's more than just the resources, right? Because I still feel, I still see PE teachers that don't have a love for the kids. And that's one thing I noticed on all your videos um, you got to love for the kids, man. I mean, you can't, you can't fake that. Right. Yeah, for sure, man. You got to love your job. Um, I do, I do really love my kids. Uh, I, I even love like the discipline aspects of the job where having those conversations with kids is one of my favorite things to do when I'm, when the kids happen to sit out and you get to go over there and talk to them about, Hey, what's the reason behind me asking you to come over here and have those, those are the things that really matter the life lessons, the character building conversations you have with kids. Um, because you know, when, if they don't know how to hit a ball with a tennis racket correctly, 
they're they're probably going to survive. But if they don't know how to act when they're in conversation with somebody else or how to share or how to use teamwork, those are the things that are really going to help them be successful later in life. So got to teach those life skills. Yeah. And I, I've stolen all your, your uh, strategies for that, by the way. I mean, I love all that. And we'll talk about that in a second. Hey, I use your three reminders every day. Um, and that is just, you know, just worry about yourself. You get what you get and you don't pitch a fit. I love that. It's just a game. The more you talk, the less time you have. Keep on trying and don't give up. I have those on my wall, Ben. So, hey, you're all over my PE gym, by the way. I just <laughs> put your name on everything. That's awesome, uh, man. Glad to hear that. Uh, but you know what? I, I again, I love my K five job. I mean, it's just so much fun. But tell me, why are these so important? Because I, um, or tell the listeners why those reminders are so important to mention every day in class. Um, it's that old saying that uh, an ounce of provision is worth a pound of cure. Um, it's kind of like, you know, just if, if it's on the front of their mind, they're much more likely to do the things that they know are right. And I found, especially with younger kids in that kindergarten, first, second, and honestly, even the older kids, too, um, if you remind them about the things that you want them to do, like you're saying, you know, for kindergarten, before we start jumping rope, I am definitely going to have a talk with them about perseverance, about not giving up, about when things get hard, you got to keep on going. Like, because I can see the future of the next 30 minutes when they're all getting frustrated because it's the first time I've ever done something. Um, and so reminding them about those things and like really pumping them up, or if you're about to play a game or the class that struggles with good sportsmanship, reminding them that it's just a game that the reason we're here is to learn and that we're not getting paid to play. We're not playing professional sports, kind of like setting that perspective, uh, really, really helps the activity or the lesson or the game be more successful. Um, and especially with K1 too, like you're saying the daily reminders thing. If I can remind them when the teacher's talking, they're listening, and if they have something sure. to raise their hand, man, like that makes a huge difference in the way that the lesson goes every day. So, yeah, absolutely. Are good, man. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Um, and I, I do the same thing with my – actually, I do, I do that a lot with my basketball. I coach girls basketball, and I do a lot of reminders because I see a lot of coaches and teachers discipline kids after – the problem instead of right. trying to prevent. I, it's so simple though, Ben, but it's not being done a lot. Um, but I, I appreciate your advice. I mean, that, that was, I mean, that's so simple, but a lot of it's not being done. I don't think, but may, maybe more on your end that you see a lot more teachers than I do. Um, so what's your observation on that overall, just kind of observing teachers. Is that being done a lot in, in um, many schools? The reminders? Um, honestly, man, I don't know. It's not like I get to get, get to go and sit in on a lot of, um, classrooms. So I'm not sure. I mean, and we, I think we both probably have a pretty biased perspective of what's actually going on in PE because we see so many quality teachers on social media, but you got to realize that's the, the 3% that are actually sharing and growing and trying to become better. And there's a lot of people out there that are that doing <laughs> things that we would, uh, not view as appropriate and you know we're right. not going to see those people because they're not sharing anything um but you know i don't know I, I hope that there's a lot of quality pe going on um but in my heart i know that there's a lot of uh a, a lot of really really low quality pe going on as well 
Yeah. And that's why your website is so important. And this podcast is so important because I have a lot of teachers and coaches that listen to it. Hopefully they'll, they'll heed that advice. Hey, some of my toughest issues been in my PE classes is kids having conflicts. Um, And, you know, I, and, and I'm sure it's the same thing with you. And I love how you do that. You just have a knack and you have a system for doing it. Uh, Tell the, Tell the listeners about how you, particularly your conflict corner, how do you use that in your classes and uh, just give them some advice on how they can uh, have better conflict resolutions. Sure, man. Um, kind of most of, pretty much everything in my program is built around trying to put responsibility responsibility back on the students. Um, we do like a daily self-assessment where they assess their, assess themselves. If kids don't wear the right shoes, they fill out their own note to take home to their parents. If they have to go to timeout, they fill out their own note to take home to their parents. Um, and I actually got the idea from JD that we were talking about earlier. Um, cause in one of his books, he had like a little one page, uh, thing about the system that he had. And I think it was called the work it out corner where he basically had like a desk set up in the corner and then if there was a problem, kids could go over there and work it out. And uh, I was reading that. And then I also was watching some TED Talks on body language and um, the way that if you, like, open your hands up or you do what's called power pose, it can it does scientifically uh, impact, like, the hormones and the uh, things that are firing in your brain and stuff to make you less stressed out, less anxious, more open to resolving conflicts. Um, and so I kind of combined those two things and just made this little poster called the conflict corner. Uh, so anytime there's an issue in my class, the first thing kids have to do is to go over to this conflict corner and they put their hands out, palms facing up, and then it's just conflict resolution. They're, they're trying to resolve the conflict their own. That one person tells their side of the story, uh, they brainstorm a solution, they try to figure out how to fix the problem. And then if they can't figure it out, they come and talk to me, um, but it really takes care of, I would say, about 90% of the issues because most of the time kids can figure it out on their own, especially if the teacher didn't even see what went on. Um, the kids are the more qualified people to, to talk it out and try to figure out a solution. Um, but it really is just putting responsibility back on the kids to take care of their own issues. And kids at the beginning of the year, I'm like, guys, I want you to realize that Mr. Landry, I'm not always going to be there for you. When you get out of school, your teachers are not going to always be there to help you. Our job is to try to equip you with the skills you need to be successful in life. And so it's time to grow those wings and step out of your birdie nest and fly away. <laughs> uh, so we talk about that. And so like if kids come up to me and they're uh, tattletailing on somebody or telling me that they have an issue or like somebody was breaking a rule during the game, my, my question to them is always, hey, did you try to solve it in the conflict corner yet? And they either say – no, nah, it's not that big a deal. And then they'll go back in the game or they'll say, oh, yeah, I forgot. And they'll go grab that person and they'll go over there and talk about it. So that's kind of how we do the uh, the conflict corner in my program. Do you adjust that for like kindergarten and first grade? Uh, first grade, same thing. We d- I don't do it with kindergarten because uh, we have real short periods with them. Uh, I have 25 I minute periods twice a week. So. And usually they're like a little bit late and then it takes them like a few minutes to line up at the end. So it's it's literally just like I get them in, I do like a quick activity or do some quick stations with them and then get them out. Um, But first grade through fifth grade is when we start doing the conflict corner. Yeah. And let's um, let's kind of add on to that. Uh, Let's talk about fitness testing. I, I, of course, I read all your 
your blogs and everything. And I, I, I definitely can relate to the fitness testing. We do the fitness gram here and I'm sure you do the same. Yep. I know you have a 50 minute class once a week. And I, I thought that was amazing. It's like, I have a 50 minute class every day, but only for nine weeks, but I still like that better. Um, how is that a challenge for you to do your incorporate fitness testing into your curriculum? Um, I mean, the, the real challenge with everything, not just fitness testing, but with everything is just the lack of time. Because when you see your kids once a week, I mean, a fitness unit for me is a minimum three weeks because I'm doing like the pacer test one week, then we'll do a push up and then I'll try to get some sit and reach testing in after we get that done. Then the next week we'll do like the curl ups and then I'll do the rest of the sit and reach. Um, and then we have like these little fitness booklets where the kids will try to set some goals which honestly I think is probably the most valuable part of the whole process is teaching kids how to set goals and um, try to improve. Um, and uh, that, like at the beginning of the whole unit, that's one thing I talked to them about is like, I'm like, guys, when you get out of school, if you want to get healthy and you want to get fit, and you don't know how to do it. You're going to have to go to a gym and pay somebody money to teach you how to do it. I'm teaching you how to do this for free. <laughs> and this is exactly what they're going to do when you hire a personal trainer at a gym. They're going to give you a booklet just like this. They're going to see how many push-ups you can do. They're going to see how far you can stretch. And they're going to put you on a treadmill and see how long you can run. And then they're going to help you set goals. And then you're going to do it again at the end of the year. And they're going to see if you can improve those uh, those scores that you get. So, uh, you know, if, if, it, if that gets through to them, I think it's pretty beneficial. But um, we're required to do it in South Carolina. I don't know if you guys are required by the state. Um, but that's – if I was not required by the state, I might do something – a little more uh, fun, motivating, and maybe even a little more relevant, like doing some kind of American Ninja Warrior or even just letting the kids like make up their own type of fitness uh, measurement that they want to do. Um, but that's what we do right now, currently. Yeah, and I'm not – yeah, I'm just not big on the fitness test. You know, I'm going to tell you straight out, I do it. Um, I just think um, we, we – I try to – do a lot of the things that you're talking about as far as your fitness awards, things like that. But we, it seems to always come back. I have like a fitness wall of fame. That's probably yep. the worst thing you can do. So I would rather award the kids that actually just improved. And that's what I try to do, but you know how it is with kids. They, they, they focus on the top. Uh, how do you, how do you adjust to that? I mean, what do you do? Uh, well, we have the uh, like the standards for the healthy zone on a poster on the wall. So when you know, like the daily self-assessment that we do. Yes. So every day I give the kids a challenge, like a bonus challenge to try to hit that very top of that self-assessment called the wow challenge of the day. OK. Um, and so our wow challenge during fitness testing is always either. Did you set your own personal record? So I don't even care if you hit the healthy zone or not. If you set your own personal record on any test you get to hit the wow on the way out. Um, or if you got into the healthy zone for the first time, or uh, we also have another zone that I pretty much just made up called beast mode. Um, and that is like a little bit more than the minimum. <laughs> and we talk about not always trying to shoot for the minimum. Um, and so then that's another tier just to give those kids that are really not challenged at all by the minimum healthy fitness zone, another goal to shoot for. Um, but yeah, I do the, all the high score certificates and all that stuff too, like you're talking about. Um, but that's not the way that we 
grade ourselves or assess ourselves. And I do try to talk to kids about how it's a personal thing. It's not a competition. Um, but at the same time, I think it's okay to, to award high achievement, you know? Sure. Um, so that's what we do. Yeah. And I love your overall philosophy of relating everything to life. Uh, you're winning and losing. I, you know, I, I love when you talk about that. Yeah. I think it's important to kids to learn how to win and lose. I mean, I know you do a great job of that. Tell me about your daily lesson planning. Um, and I know you have a 50 minute class and basically I have 50, 55 minutes. Um, I start with a daily objective with the kids. I get them moving. I, I always play, I have like 300 tag games. I always start a tag movement game. I do a skill development session and then I go right into our game activity. Uh, probably stolen from Ben Landers. Uh, but, uh, but what is your daily lesson format? Uh, give, give, give the teachers and coaches some idea. Sure, man. Um, so it kind of depends on the age for kindergarten and first grade. It looks a little bit different because I do a lot more station activities with them just because they don't really have the skills yet to do a lot of structured gameplay. So we're doing a lot more, sure. you know, station activities, but the stations will be based on whatever unit we're working on. So like right now we're doing a throwing unit. Um, so they'll come in, we'll do like a quick instant activity. Um, some examples of what that might look like would be, um, today we did something called the fastest class challenge. Uh, I made a video on YouTube about that. If people want to check it out, but it's, uh, you, you time the kids for five minutes or however long you want, and then they run as many laps as they can. And then it's a school wide challenge. So I'm trying to see what class gets the highest average laps per student. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. And uh, I actually did it last year and it was like a big hit. So this year I ordered a trophy that says the fastest class at River Springs and the class that wins gets to take their trophy in their classroom and keep it there for nine weeks. Um, so <laughs> Great. that'll be fun. Um, so we're doing that this week. And then since it's a throwing unit, like next week, I'll probably do something real simple, like partner up, throw a ball with a partner after three catches fist bump and then run one lap and try it again and so those kind of things where it's like just do as many rounds as possible in three minutes are the kind of instant activities that we do um just because i like to keep it short and sweet i want it to be sure. kind of related to the skill that we're working on so if we were doing soccer it would be something else like come in the middle do like five toe taps and then dribble your soccer ball around the room one time and then go back to the middle again so i do a lot of that as many rounds as possible type stuff for instant activities um, and then we go to, we call them home base spots, which is like our little uh, squad lines, assigned spots yeah. in the gym where I take a roll, make sure everybody's here. We get quick stretched out. And then that stuff takes, you know, anywhere from five to six minutes. And uh, then we head to the middle. And usually I kind of talk about whatever skill we're working on and get into some kind of game with uh, second through fifth. Sometimes second grade does station. Sometimes they do a game. Depends on what game we're playing. Um, yeah, that's a great breakdown. I love that. Um, and of course, I'm writing notes. Like, of course, I can get everything from your site. You, your insight is very much detailed. Um, but I, I love that. Um, you know, I, I, it's interesting, though, you're telling me that you have these kids once a week. Is that right, Ben? Yeah, once a week, 50 minutes. Wow. And I'm sure I know you. You're trying to get – are you trying to get more two or three times a week, or is that just not feasible in your – I mean, I would love, I would love that, but it's, it comes down to legislation. You know, the legislation at the state level is going to have to fund it for us to get more teachers. Um, so, I, 
I would love it. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the schools in South Carolina are doing that same once a week, 50 minutes. Um, yeah. And I know you're an advocate to change that. I know you, man. I, um, I know you want to get that change for sure because um, either daily PE and so forth. PE is important because when I go through the gym, you're the same way. Every little kid in the lunchroom says, Hey coach, you know, I'm looking forward to PE. How can we not, we have a big impact on these kids, don't we? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, we have a little bit of an advantage over other teachers because it's a naturally more of, if you're doing it right, it should be naturally yeah. more of a fun subject to teach. Because um, kids are moving, you know, it's social. There's a lot of gameplay involved. Um, but man, it's, you know, there's so much science out there that backs up the importance of what we're doing and how it impacts every single aspect of a kid's life. Um, so I don't know. I, I get very cynical about politics and uh, government <laughs> legislation, but I would love to see uh, some more PE time in schools. I think one big thing that we can do is what a lot of people are doing, which is sharing, advocating the, the awesome things that you're doing. Cause the more parents see that, the more our, uh, the typical, stereotypical gym teacher image is going to change which is one reason why a lot of people don't think PE is a big deal because the way they grew up uh, PE was a joke and it still is in a lot of places so it is you're right the more we can uh, the more we can blast quality phys ed and make sure that parents know their kids are learning valuable things I think the the more chance we have of changing things Yes, and we got to do that as teachers, don't we? I mean, we got to we got to step forward. Um, the ones that are doing it right and really kind of share and kind of get the word out. I totally agree. Um, let's talk about sportsmanship. I have a fifth grade class, and one of the issues I have is poor sportsmanship. Um, yeah, let me tell you what I try to do. I try to do if I'm having, and it's probably I probably should have more reminders in that class, shouldn't I? Yeah, man. Start it off. Start off, um, and I try to, but I'm not doing enough. So give me some ideas on how you – let's say you have a class that the kids, even though you give them reminders, they're still having issues. And I'm sure if you've had it, I know you right now you have a great system. But uh, tell us a little bit about handling sportsmanship, uh, particularly with winning and losing. Um, so one big thing I'll do is, like you said, um, if I've got an issue with a class – and they're not using good sportsmanship, I'll go over to the good sportsmanship code that we have and we'll right. like repeat it like the Pledge of Allegiance before we <laughs> play a game. Right. Um, and then, you know, another thing is we'll just sit down and talk about it. Oh, man. I just had a student come tell me that I just won a raffle prize. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. What'd you win? Uh, it's a Mexican restaurant gift card, man. <laughs> that is great man um sorry uh, but, uh he was like, <laughs> like you just won <laughs> um but, but yeah get, talking just sitting them down and talking about uh like i have that same conversation with so many classes but it's like look this is just a game and we are not getting paid to play this is PE class getting back to the why. Like, I think pretty much everything boils down to let's get back to the why. Um, why are we doing this? Why are you sitting out? Why do I want you to listen instead of talk while I'm talking? Why are you at school? You know, like you can always get back to the why and have those, those meaningful conversations with kids. 
Yeah, I love that. I mean, um, and that's something that, and I appreciate that. I think a lot of teachers and coaches listening will definitely take that advice. Um, but uh, I, I love the advice that you just gave me. Uh, but it's probably on my part. I shot. I should have been doing more reminders from the beginning. I guess we're all guilty of certain things. But I appreciate that advice. Hey, I, I steal a lot of games from you. My our favorite out here is Monster Ball, man. Oh man, it's a good one. I love Monster Ball, and I'm sure that's an old, that's old hat for you. But we love the game, and I even play it kind of with different parameters with my little ones. It's hilarious to watch. Uh, tell us about. Um, how you've created all these great games and um man a lot of them just you're playing something and then like man it would be better if i do this this way you know you start with just a simple idea like a simple tag game and then you start red pinning your lesson plan and then it just over the course of the week turns into something else because since i'm teaching one one lesson a week I get to teach the same lesson over and over again. So it really becomes like a chance for me to perfect that one thing. Um, but monster ball, the re- the way I created that was actually student teaching. Um, and the teacher that I was teaching with had this big Ken ball and she was like, Hey, make up a game for this. And I was like, Oh, cool. Well, we're doing throwing. So maybe we could throw the ball and try to hit the big ball. <laughs> and, uh, I've seen tons of different variations of it and I'm not trying to claim I was the first person to ever come up with that idea. Cause it, it makes sense. Um, uh, but most of the time just trying to think of what's a good way to work on this skill that we're working on in a fun way. And then after we do, after we figure out like a good base for a game, um, trying to figure out different ways to level it up. We do a lot of different, um, gamification levels, uh, to make like, like you're saying, you can do one game with kindergarten and then ki- the fifth graders can play that same game, but you throw different variations on it to make it more difficult or more strategic. And it's more appropriate for them. Um, Honestly, I think uh, one of the big things that I, that helps me learn about what makes a game really good is by reading all of JD's books. Cause he makes some of the, some of the best games Um, like Hula Hut Throwdown as an example. Like when that game was such a hit at my school. I love that. That's a, my, our favorite game. Yeah. yeah, man. It's so good. And and so when that game was such a hit, I was like, what makes this game so good? It's like, it's a never ending game. So I love those games, those kind of games that are never ending and you can stop it whenever you want. The rounds can be as long or as short as you want. And then also there's a lot of student choice. So the kids have the choice of choosing all these different jobs. Um, and you get a lot of practice doing the same thing. There's a lot of teamwork involved and all these strategies and teachable moments. Um, so anytime I'm trying to create a game, I kind of go back to those same elements. Like how can I give kids more choice? How can I add different levels to make it fun and motivating? And um, then we'll also like, what kind of story can you make up behind it? You know? So I don't know, just trying to be creative, trying to have fun with kids, man. Yeah, and you said a creativity. I see a lot of PE teachers that are not creative, my friend. So I, uh, I love. That's where one thing that you and I are very similar. I, I love the creativity, and my kids love it because they know you're into it, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> so I think that's a great advice for a lot of a lot of teachers out there. Uh, and I got to get JD on the podcast. If I now, I don't know how you guys all rank, but uh, you know, you Pete and JD, you can't get any better than that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a solid crew, man. I'm just glad to be in the same, in the same uh, conversation as them. They're, they're <laughs> PE legends for sure. 
Yeah. Hey, the one thing I have not done, and I, I was reading something today on your, I see kids playing Foursquare all the time. I don't have Foursquare in my PE curriculum. That's ridiculous. I should have it. Yeah, man, you got to do it. And it doesn't take a lot of time to just teach the game. I mean, you you could teach Foursquare for, you know, three weeks, but I just do like a quick lesson just to kind of make sure everybody knows the basics. And they have a Foursquare court out recess, so I just want to make sure they uh, they all know how to play since they have that opportunity every day. Now I have, we have one gym we use. Now check this out. We have one gym where I have to share it with the middle school, high school and uh, elementary. You think that's crazy? Share with I mean, middle, high and elementary. Yeah. We have to divide the gym up, um, particularly like in the winter time. Uh, the high school actually has weight training, but they sometimes use it. We're actually building a, a new campus next year. We'll all have the, finally I'll have the, the gym to myself. Um, wow. it is crazy, Ben. Um, it's, it's about adapting, right? So I adapt to a half gym and we maximize what we have. I've all my stuff set up on my side. Um, but it's crazy. What about teachers that don't have, you have actually done a great job with your facility. I, I would love to come out there and see it. How can, how can we maximize our facilities? Um, I mean, I think, advocating goes a long way um in that change takes time post that was one of the big things i was trying to get across was like i've gotten a lot of stuff like when i got here we didn't have any rock walls now we've got two rock walls we didn't have like tv we didn't have a stereo so we didn't have an ipod so a, a lot of the things that i've gotten um have been like one year i wanted to focus on getting uh ipads so i like wrote some grants propose to my PTO, try to submit some proposals and things like that. And uh, I think just, you know, it we're teachers, so we can't like write grants full time. I understand that. And that was one big thing. I'm like, change takes time. Like it took 12 years. And each year I tried to focus on one big thing that I wanted from the start. I knew I wanted all these things, but I knew it wasn't going to happen quick. So just, you know, take one thing at a time and and try to push forward to it. Um, a big thing I think is always making sure that you, when you're trying to make something happen, whether it be to your administration, to your parents, to your small business that you're trying to get to support your program, you got to bring it back to the kids. I think a lot of people come across when they ask for stuff like selfishly, like I want this for me. Right. And if you came across with this would really, really impact the kids and it would increase their muscular strength because they would get to climb on this rock wall all the time. It's going to impact the whole school. And this is an area that we really need to work on. It's a fun way to practice fitness. So the more that you can kind of market and sell it in that way, where you're showing the impact to the students, um, the better chance I think you have of increasing your facilities and your program and all those things. Yeah. I love that. Um, we have a foundation here. I'm at a charter school. So we have a foundation that provides us all the funds necessary. Um, I tell you the one thing that I need, I need a TV. I see it all the time in your gym. I'm so jealous. Um, <laughs> and that's it. I want you to give me, I, I want to get some ideas from you uh, on how you had that set up and everything. Cause I can definitely use that. That to me is such a great weapon to have for your classes. Tell me oh, about yeah, that. Bro. I know you use it a lot. Oh, I use it all the time. Um, I think I got it in 2014, I'm pretty sure, um, which is about the same time I started the blog. But uh, I, I got the idea from um, – are you familiar with Jared Robinson, the PE geek? 
Uh, I am not. No. So you should look him up. He's a um, he's one of the big inspirations for me as far as integrating technology. So if you're trying okay. to integrate technology, he's like the go to guy. He's got a, a ton of blogs and things like that around um, using technology and PE. Uh, he's got an awesome website, connectedpe.com and thepegeek.com. But anyway, so he, he kind of turned me on to the idea of using the flat screen and uh, just all the different ways you could use it in PE. And um, I had a projector at the time, but it was just such a pain to roll it out. The cord was always, people were tripping on the cord. I was always scared a ball was going to like smash the, <laughs> the light bulb. And so I honestly never used it just because it was such a pain in the butt to pull it out. Um, and uh, so we had a a professional development one day on technology. And after it was over, I went up to my principal and I was like, you know, I really enjoyed the professional development today. Thank you um, for the training. And I would love to be able to implement some of this stuff, but I don't have a screen in my gym. And uh, she was like, we'll put together a proposal and uh, we'll see what we can do. And so I did a bunch of research and, uh, you know, fast forward six months later, I uh, got a got a flat screen on the big old flat screen on the wall and built a little like wooden box around it with a plexiglass cover so that pretty much I can turn it on in about five seconds and never have to set it up, never have to take anything down. I can mirror my phone, my iPad to it. Um, I got a blog post that kind of details the whole setup and everything. Um, but man, I use it, I literally use it every day. So it's uh, it's really been a game changer for me. Yeah, and I saw you were doing some things um, live on there, or kind of almost like simulated. Oh yeah, like follow, the follow the leader videos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, tell me about that. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, man. Um, so that was one. That was something that I. Uh, I think I had the TV for a couple of years. I can't remember when I started doing this, but I made a video for a substitute that was coming in, to so that I could still teach the kids when they were, when they were there and uh, left directions on how to play this video on the TV. And um, then I started using the same video, like, for the other classes after I had already gotten back, because I was like, man, well, I'm, well, they're watching this, and they're hearing about how to do the game. I can start setting up. And um, then I would have, like, different units where I would lead kids in um, just basic warm-ups. Like, for our basketball unit, we do, like, some ball handling, and I would get the kids to circle up around me, and we would do, like, you know, globetrotter style like ball handling type stuff and uh i was like man i could just like make a video the kids could watch the video and then they're following me on the screen i'm walking around and giving feedback and like helping them I love that. Yeah. yeah pretty much can clone yourself as a teacher and um so yeah man i those those uh those videos are good it's a good resource i've, I've got some um those are in my like membership program right now i don't have them anywhere else but i do have uh, if people want to see an example, there's some jump rope videos that are on my site where uh, it's the same idea. Um, just like follow the leader jump rope videos. So it's me doing the trick and the kids follow it on the screen. There's a little countdown timer. Um, so you play the video, kids follow along, and you can either be setting up for another activity or you can be walking around trying to help the ones that are struggling and trying to give feedback and advice. So. Yeah, I want to get I want to get some more information. I definitely want to implement that. And I tell you where I like that too is I run a lot of little basketball camps for my program. Yeah. I would love to have that in my basketball camp. Yeah, man. Uh, oh man, I got to get that. So I'm going to be I'm going to be really uh, bothering you. I think in the next next couple of weeks. I think. Yeah, uh, let me know, man. Anytime. 
Um, hey, I only have a couple more questions for you, and I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy. Um, I am a head girls varsity coach, and I have full load of six classes daily. Give me some advice for all those coaches you have to do the same. And I take both very seriously, and I'm, I'm worn out at the end of the day. Um, give some advice about coaches who actually have to teach as well. Uh, well, man, I'm, you know, I've never coached, uh, so I can give you advice on like my thing that I do in place of coaching is I run the website and make resources for PD teachers. <laughs> sure. So, uh, for me, it's like, you know, I know I'm going to have about 15 hours a week devoted to that. And so that gives me the motivation to make sure that my school stuff is taken care of, um, before I leave every day. And then I also try to, um, and I don't know, you can't really do this with coaching as much, but I try to batch big chunks of time where I can work on that stuff. Because if I try to spread it out across the whole week, I just end up getting really burnt out. Sure. Um, so I'll have like yesterday I was, you know, I got off school and I went to the library for like four straight hours and then I got home real late. But then today when I get off school, I'm going to go mountain biking. So, um, yeah. You know, I try to break it up like that so I don't get too burnt out. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I'm not the best person to ask about coaching other than I think, like you were saying, like we talked about earlier, just like teaching relationship comes first with your kids. You got to have that mutual respect. And, um, yeah, man, I, I never uh, I never went down the coaching track. I was I, I graduated, got a job, went back to school and got a graduate degree and all that stuff. And then. After I was done with that, I started the website, and so that's kind of taking up all my extra time. Yeah, and I'm, um, I'm kind of, I'm really kind of jealous of you because I, I love coaching. Don't get me wrong, but I love my PE job. Probably, I mean, that, that's my number one love, and um, it's 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 a challenge. I, that should be my next uh, my, my next uh, podcast is how do you help out coaches who will do full? I have three teams that I coach. Wow, man. Yeah, so, but, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's what I love, but, um, so, but I know it's a struggle. I love the organizational thoughts you mentioned. You definitely got to be organized, right? Oh yeah. Um, Hey, can you tell me the best PE organizations and conferences that you recommend for PE teachers? I think a lot of teachers are not familiar with those. What do you recommend for teachers to get better? Um, so I haven't been to a ton of conferences, but the best one I have been to, like, I haven't been to any of the shape America national conference or conventions or anything like that. Um, but the best conference I've been to is the P the national P Institute in uh, North Carolina and Asheville. Okay. Um, Artie Kamiya is the guy that runs it and he just does a killer job of bringing in just the best of the best. Um, you know, I, I met, that's actually where I met, uh, I met JD there. I met Pete Charette there, um, and then uh, some other Georgia guys. Dave Cynical met him there last year. I met Joey Fife and Nathan Horn and Jared Robinson. So, like, all of these, like, people that I had been following online for a long time um, got to actually shake their hand, share a meal, got to talk yeah. to Zed with them, got to talk about life. So, I've got some really great memories from that conference. Um, I'm actually going to – a uh, conference called share the wealth for the first time this year have you heard of that one i have not no so that's in jekyll island in georgia um oh i gotta uh, go J jd is the one that actually told me about it and he got me in there so um i'm excited to check it out because i've always heard people talk about it and say good things about it 
When um, is it, man? When is it? It's in January, coming up January 2019. Okay. All right. Um, that would be cool to go to. I mean, um, now what's the, what's different than that in kind of the national? Is it about the same? Yeah, I don't know. I've never been to the national. Um, I mean, I've been to my state convention many times, uh, but I think the difference with the state convention that I've experienced and then the one that Artie puts on um, every summer is at a state convention, you've got like a lot of uh, people on a board that are trying to communicate and it just seems like the communication and the organization is a little bit off. Right. At, at Artie's thing at the National PE Institute, um, it's just really organized. You can tell that one person or like a small team of people put this thing together and they recruited people that really love PE, that are passionate about it and that want to share it with others. Um, and it's at UNC, like the facilities are awesome. They have like socials at Highland Brewery and it's just a good time to meet people and hang out and learn how to be a better teacher. So that's great. I recommend checking that out. You know, I'm sure there's tons of awesome conferences on the West coast and things like that, but I, I'm kind of, I've been, uh, haven't been to a ton of places all over the, the world or all over the States yet. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely check that out. And I appreciate the info for that. Um, Kate, give us some parting advice coach. Just, um, how can the listeners get a hold of you? And what is some parting advice for, you know, maybe a teacher that's struggling right now with his or her classes. Um, what, what's the, what, what's some parting advice that you can give the PE teachers that are out there listening? Um, if you're struggling with your classes and you want some advice from me, uh, I would head over to my website. You can subscribe to my free uh, newsletter and I send out weekly free tips. So I think that would be pretty helpful, especially if you're at the elementary or even the middle school level. Um, but other than that, man, if you're, if you're looking, if you're struggling, you need to find people that are in your same kind of situation. Um, uh, that's the beauty of the age that we live in now with technology is that there's always going to be somebody that's dealing with the same thing that you're dealing with or that has already dealt with it and knows how to solve the problem. And um, so, you know, you can get on social media and, uh, and find some people that are like you, connect with them and, and solve those issues and solve those problems. Um, if you guys want to get in touch with me, you can just head over to the website and I'm pretty active on pretty much every social media. Uh, so Pick your pick your poison, whatever you like to get on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, all the links and all that stuff will be on my website if you want to stay connected. Yeah, thank you, Ben. And listeners, I'm I'm telling you, you gotta go to the PE specialist. His website is the best. And uh please check out guys like Pete Tremet, JDUs. It's all about having great mentors, right? I mean, you get always trying to seek out information. Ben, thank you so much for, for taking the time out and sharing with us. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot. Oh, yeah, man. Appreciate you guys having me. Oh, yeah. And one more thing I forgot to add is we actually just started a podcast. So <laughs> your uh, people that are listening, if they want to listen to uh, a second PE podcast, probably not as polished as Kevin because I just on my third episode. Um, but it's uh, the Phys Ed Q&A show where we just kind of answer common questions around PE. So you check yeah, that out. Yeah, it's well. a good yeah, it's great, Ben. I mean, I know you guys are going to do great. I'm always trying to pick your brain, man. So <laughs> I really appreciate everything you're doing for all the the PE teachers because uh, you're making a difference with the kids by creating great PE teachers. So thank you so much, Ben. I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you. Thank you. 
you like an answer to our prayers. No, I'm, wait a minute. Now. I'm not answering your prayers. I'm not a savior or, or Jesus Christ, Martin Luther King, or the Easter Bunny. I'm a football coach. That's all. <laughs> Just a football coach. You are a coach. <laughs>